if I'm not leading you well, how can I really expect you to, to succeed in your role? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Heart Inspired, the show dedicated to highlighting individuals in their pursuit of authentic leadership. We peel back the layers to uncover the roadblocks we all face, explore the actions we can take, and how to persevere towards the best version of ourselves. It is my hope that you'll be inspired by their story and gain some insights to help you in your own journey. We live in a time when five generations work side by side, each with different experiences and ways of communicating. Whether it's within corporate America, sports, or the arts, all age groups are looking for authentic, inspiring leaders. We need leaders to model compassion, empathy, and patience in the workplace. In this series, I sat down with amazing leaders who shared their insight on what has worked for them and what is needed today. Join us to discover how necessary, effective communication and leadership skills help all generations succeed. Michael DeLong serves business experts and thought leaders to create a book without writing a word. Since 2013, he has worked with business owners across the United States and internationally to establish and market their credibility. In today's episode, Michael will talk about how he pivoted from one career path to another, how he leads others from several generations in the workplace, and doing so with patience and grace. Please welcome my guest, Michael DeLong. Welcome, Michael, to the show. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. Um, it's been quite a journey so far. It's hard to believe we're almost at the end of the year here, but we are talking about leadership with patience and grace. And I know when we first spoke, we talked about some of your pivots and you've had a couple of different careers. So I'd like to turn it over to you and, and let's start with your journey and how you reinvented yourself a couple of times, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate that. So uh, I'll tell you the whole story really fast. And then from okay. there, we can pick and choose where we want to go. Sounds perfect. All right. So for, I'm, a, I'm a follower of Christ. I've been married 32 years. I've got four children, two biological sons, two adopted daughters who came to us through foster care. And I was cut my teeth in marketing in the 90s when I was working for a Christian radio station. That's where I learned how to do marketing for small business owners. Then at the end of the 1990s, God led us out of Christian radio into a startup.com back when Amazon was just getting started, right? Yeah. So I, I did that for a couple of years. That that business was ahead of its time, Michelle. That means it went bankrupt. And so, <laughs> so I found myself in my in my living room going, God, what am I supposed to do now? And the early part of my marriage, you know, we've been married 32 years. First five years were like this. My wife and I are complete opposites. And even though she and I both grew up in church, nobody ever taught us how to be married. And so we went, after five years of conflict, we went to a family life marriage conference. Family life part of Campus Crusade for Christ. And they they shared with us God's blueprints for marriage. I didn't know he had any. So <laughs> we, got, we got his blueprints. We started applying them. Our marriage got better. So when, I, when the dot-com went out of business, and I said, God, what am I supposed to do? God said, well, I want you in a ministry to marriages and I want you at family life. And so we moved from Indiana down to Little Rock, Arkansas and became missionaries to the family here in America to share God's blueprints with other people. I thought, Michelle, I'd hit Nirvana. This was <laughs> it. Never going to do anything else. Golly, this is great. So I spent about Six years, eight years, climbing the corporate ladder, serving in the ministry. And then they started going through corporate reorganizations. Mm. And after the third reorganization came out, my name was no longer on the leadership team. 
And so they started shuffling me around the ministry to do other things that needed to be done. And that was a the beginning of what I call a two-year prison term for me because I was oh in jobs that I hated at a ministry that I loved. But after two years, it had just sucked all my energy. And I said, God, I got to get out of this place. And so I talked to my wife, I prayed, and God said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to go help small business owners with marketing because they hate it and struggle with it. And I love it. And he said, go. So on January 1st of 2013, I escaped from prison. <laughs> I, I left the ministry, started a marketing consulting firm. I'd come out to you and say, Michelle, I can help you grow your business. You'd meet with me. We'd have a great conversation. And somewhere in that conversation, you say, Michael, in the last few years, what have you done? Who have you helped? And I'd say, well, help build marriages and families at Family Life. And you say, Michael, that's honorable. Way to go. Oh, look at the time. I've got another meeting coming up. <laughs> you don't usher me out the door, right? <laughs> and so I was, I was having a hard time. That was your started. exit interview. And that was my exit interview. Exactly. <laughs> Never got back. And so I, I, I realized I had to do something to fix that problem. So I went yeah. to my church one day, second floor. I was pacing the hallways, crying out to God saying, Lord, how do I help Michelle? Because I know I can. And that's when he gave me the idea to take all of my marketing strategies and put them in a book. So I published my first book in 2013 on marketing. Then I would call you and set a meeting. I'd mail a copy of my book to you. I'd walk into your office a week later for our meeting, and there it was. My book was on your desk, dog-eared, highlighted, and underlined. You'd read my book. In that meeting, you say, now, Michael, in your book, you said, how do you help me do that? And you hire <laughs> me. And so I started gaining clients, and that planted the seed that has today become paperback expert which where we help business owners create their own book without writing a word, use their book to position themselves as the authority, gain more clients, all of that. That's that's the long involved story of how I've recreated myself two or three or four times to get to do what I do today. So from that story, Michelle, let's talk and, and talk about leadership and, and everything else. Now you're doing your own thing with your book, which is phenomenal. I'm glad you escaped jail because we wouldn't be sitting here together. You'd be <laughs> doing right. something else, right? Yeah, um, exactly. But the business that you have today, you've obviously been a leader in different in different capacities. What's different now as you lead people? You told me a story about something your son, because your son is part of the yes. family business, right? And you told me about a situation and how you handled it. And I thought it was just so brilliant. So mm. there, well, there are lots of stories there with my son. So yeah, my son, <laughs> Caleb, he's my eldest. He, he's my chief operating officer. Uh, one of the stories that, that comes out, we were doing a, um, a networking event, an online networking event. Mm -hmm. And he, Caleb's job is to set it all up, right? My job is to show up and do my thing. And Caleb's, and this was the first time we were ever doing a networking event. So he got it all set up on Zoom and all that. And we were going to have breakout rooms and everything. And so we were in the midst of this event. And I said, okay, now it's time to go to the breakout rooms. Okay, here's the question for the breakout room. Now, all right, Caleb, let's go to the breakout rooms. And he says, um, it's not working. Okay, all right. Well, all right. Caleb's, Caleb's got, he can figure anything out. Well, what we found out is that you have to set up breakout, breakout rooms before you ever set the meeting up. And you can't do it on the fly. And so after about three or four minutes, he comes back. He says, yeah, yeah, that's this is not going to work today. And I'm like, OK, that's all right. Let's let's pivot. Let's do this. And so we just ran the rest of the meeting and did a networking event without breakout rooms. The feedback that I got from that, Michelle, I mean, I, I didn't think anything of it. We just went on. But the right. feedback I got from the participants was, 
man, you handled that really well. Yeah. That, that would have either rattled most people or they would have gone off the deep end. And, and I sit here and think, why would I ever do that? That's not productive. That's not, that's not leadership, right? Yeah. And so that's one of multiple stories I could probably tell you of just different things of, he emailed me one time. He said, hey, daddy, I made a mistake and I ordered the wrong set of books. We ordered 300 books for a client. They were the wrong books. And so it 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 cost That's us. That's a costly mistake. Oh, I'm telling you, it was it's about a, a $1,700 mistake or something like that. And he's like, what do I do? I'm like, you learn. Not to do that again. That's okay. Let's go. That's how we, that's how I lead. You know, it's nothing that they are going to do is going to crater our business, I hope. Yeah. They're all learning experiences and we can, we've all made mistakes. Have you always been that way? For a long, long time, I have. Um, And I think because, I mean, I've been given exorbitant grace by God, right? So I want to give that to others, but I've also had leaders around me who have given me grace. I've had some who, who've held my feet to the fire yeah. and I've, I've never liked that. Yeah. And the boss calls you, calls you into the office and you immediately start trembling before you get that. That's not good leadership. When I call somebody or say, Hey, we need to have a zoom meeting, Michelle. I don't want you to go, Oh, what did I do wrong? It's natural instinct sometimes though. It, it is unless you build the culture around it. Now, right. how, how do you build a culture to, to mitigate that? Yeah. I think, well, for me and my culture is I, I do a lot of Loom videos, yep. um, which are really short, right? And, and I send things like that out to my teammates. When I hear a client say, hey, thanks for that writer. Ty was my writer. He was phenomenal. That's great. I hang up and I, I go right to Loom and I send Ty an email or a loom and say, Ty, here's what I just heard. Michelle just said, you were phenomenal. Thank you so much for all you do. Appreciate you. I did loom videos around Thanksgiving to a lot of my teammates and just That's said, awesome. hey, really, you know, just want to say thanks for the contribution you make and who you are as a person. And thanks for being part of our team. Enjoy the time with your family. Boom. 15 seconds. Right. And I probably did 20 of them, but that builds a culture so that when they get an email from me, they're yeah. not cowering in the corner. Exactly. That's not helpful. And so that's very interesting because I was just writing about this uh, yesterday about positive reinforcement in teams. For leaders now, it's almost the end of the year or beginning of the new year, and it's review time for a lot of companies. And if they are starting to sit down with their employees, and if those employees don't know where they stand, that's a problem. That's a big problem. They they should have a, an idea of how they've been performing throughout the year. Yes. Start with positive reinforcement and feedback is feedback. You need it in order to grow. But boy, oh boy. Well, we we do. And I'm, you know, I I came out of that big ministry. It had 350 people in it. So it was a corporate organization. Yeah. And we did, we did annual reviews and they, they were terrible. And then (laughs) later, later in my tenure there, they started going to an annual review, but had quarterly checkups. Yeah. And then the quarterly checkups actually had like monthly drive-bys. And I thought, okay, this is a whole lot better because now we're talking and saying, how are we doing? And one of the coolest things that that I ever did in that organization is when it came review time, like quarterly review time, I'd pull you into my office, right? And the first question I would have is something like, okay, Michelle, how would you rate me in the last quarter as your boss? And I I would flip it around I would take all the air out of the room and we'd have a discussion because if if I'm not leading you well, 
Yeah. How can I really expect you to to succeed in your in in your role? Right. And respond, respond well. You know, it shouldn't oh. be a surprise to either side. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and that's really why I mean too many times we did those reviews, right? And it was on computer and we said, okay, submit. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you've got to keep them out in front of you and say, okay, yeah. here's where we're going. Here's what we're working on. How are we doing? How can I help? And I told my team, because I, I, I led a team at that ministry, and I said, my job is to protect you from others and to break down any barriers that are keeping you from achieving your goals. That's my job. Yeah. Perfect. How can I help you do that? Exactly. They love me. <laughs> <laughs> you were but popular, huh? <laughs> I was. And and I had their loyalty. Yeah. Which right? is so important. It it is. People don't do that, unfortunately. No, they don't. They don't. There's a statistic that says there are five generations in the workplace today. So when you think about that, the message and the way you give feedback, is it the same? The message might be the same. The way you give it isn't. Yeah. Right? Hopefully the underlying way you go yeah. about it is the same with integrity, with listening, with how can I help you? But um, sometimes you're going to have to, you know, with a, with a younger guy, I'm probably going to, to be on an app or a thing. And with yeah. the older person, it's going to be pieces of paper and drawings and or a whiteboard. That's okay. It's getting the message across. And it's like, we're a team. And and really helping those different generations build that bridge, and and helping the younger generation understand there's wisdom here. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot more of reverse mentorship because the younger have so much to value that we we can't discredit that, right. and the older have the years of experience that we've kind of you know we yes. have the wounds and the scars and things like that. When it comes to your business, Michael. In marketing, how have you seen that evolve as far as the message in working in leadership with these different generations as well? How much has marketing evolved? That's a great question because at one level it hasn't, and at the other level dramatically. Okay, because okay, explain the the, the tactics that we have okay. available to us now and the channels that are available to us now, yeah, have proliferated. Right, it's kind of like cable TV. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, there were three channels. Then there was, was, just then there was TNN came out. Right. Wasn't it TBS? TBS Network. Came TBS. Out like, right. Right. Wow. Well, there's four. Well, I think they're like four thousand now. And some are duplicates of nonsense. Well, they really are. They really are. You know, I, I, I somebody was flipping through, and I've got to go on this tangent real quick. Um, there was a there's a channel. It's the game show channel. You can watch game shows all day, every day. I'm like, oh no. Um. So on marketing, you have all these channels, and, and that is really what's changed is are the tactics. The, the But what hasn't changed is the fact what really, really matters in marketing is what you say. It, it's your message. It's, it's your offer. It's, it's the, the integrity, the credibility that you put forth as a company, as a person, whatever it is. That is what's going to resonate with your audience and capture their heart and build trust. Once you have that, then you can choose which channel you market on because your audience is everywhere. But you can go out to any channel with a really bland message and you're going to say, well, marketing doesn't work or TikTok doesn't work or Facebook doesn't work. Not true. What's not working is your message. So that's been true for generations. 
Yeah. It always starts with your message. So that's why I would say marketing really hasn't changed yet. It has, it's iterated with all these channels and, and a lot more noise of how do I get my message out to my audience? Yeah. And would you say generational, there are some that lean towards others more so than, than one over the other? Oh, t- oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I work with a lot of financial advisors and, and estate planning attorneys and things, and they're following the crowd right now, and they do a lot of Facebook and online marketing, which is good. Your, your audience is there. But what is also true about that audience for a, for a retirement financial advisor, who is their audience, 55 plus, usually 60 or 70 plus, what did they grow up with? Newspapers and magazines. Print. Oh, yeah. Yeah, print. <laughs> so my question to them, to these advisors is, great, are you doing a print newsletter every month? No. Are you doing any direct mail? Or, no. Are you doing a magazine? No. But I have an email newsletter. I have an e-newsletter. I have an e Great. That generation loves print. The younger generation, I just spent Thanksgiving with my family. My 23-year-old son and his wife were there for a few days. You won't believe this, Michelle. You, <laughs> you just won't. My daughter-in-law, who's who's 22, came with three physical books that she's reading, and my son had one. These are 20, <laughs> early 20-somethings. Everybody says, well, they don't read books anymore. I disagree. Yeah. They, they do a lot online, but they also like this. Yeah. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I tend to agree with you. I have children who are in those 20s and 30s and they are both they both have books on their bookshelves yes. and they're more constant now will they pick up their mobile device and read oh. articles and posts and things like that absolutely totally. there's it's some... definitely a favorite <laughs> it is it is and i'm I, I don't have the research behind it but i believe there is something in the brain that connects differently through a physical book than a yeah. an ebook i yeah that's just my gut instinct. Yeah. Because I've got books on, I've got physical books and the exact same book on like an e-reader. Yeah. I process them differently. I don't know why, but I just do. And yeah. I'm very tactile. I like to mark in my, so. Oh, you know. and post-its and stickies oh. and, oh, All the earmarks. Time. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> same year, same year. Yeah. Speaking of that with, with books, um, what about audio? Mm-hmm. What do I think, you think audio is- marketing and the audio is like. Yeah, I think uh, audiobook and podcasting go kind of hand in hand, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a I'm a big proponent. If you're an author and you're going to do an audiobook, please be the author of that audiobook. Be yourself. I've oh listened yeah, to, I've listened to way too many, and they hire some talent, and it's like it. it there's a disconnect there, right? In my, in my, right. So I always want the author to be the the spokesperson. Because I want to get to know you. I want to hear you. Yeah. And and I believe, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do a, a few audiobooks. And I think it's a great way to process information. Because when, yeah. you, when you read, uh, I, I'm, I typically am a, a fairly slow reader because I'm trying to really get the content I want to understand and I want to under. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm listening to something, a podcast or an audiobook, I'm doing other things. I'm driving, right. I'm mowing the yard, I'm whatever. But I hear something, it's like, oh, I want to go back and hear that again. That's the yeah. beauty of it, right? So yeah. I think audiobook, I think audio is a great one, whether that's an audiobook, whether it's a podcast, or whether it's a video series. Yeah. They're all audio-based, 
and the the power of sound and how sound stays in our mind longer than yes. just the written word. There, there, there's a connection there. So I, I'm a big proponent of audio as well as as print. Tell us three things that are your go-to as far as advice for a leader to lead others. What have been three successes that you've done? Okay. Wow. Um, Listen well. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, right? Seek first to understand, then to be understood. So if we can do that. Yeah. That's that's probably number one. Brilliant. Yep. I um, agree. Number two, cast a vision. Leaders, people look to us for vision. And we need to have a vision of where we are going, why we are going there, and what your role is in getting us there. So listening, vision, and then affirmation. Adibles. Yeah. You will work longer and harder and remember it when I swing by your desk or your cubicle or send you a loom and say, Michelle, great job with that project. You you showed up so well. I really appreciate your contribution. Thank you. Awesome. That will do more for people than any money I'd ever ever give you. Now I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into that. Uh Uh-oh. What's the tactic you take when someone is not on board with the vision? What can a leader do to kind of steer that around. Yeah. Um, good conversations. Uh, they're hard. Yeah. Um, making sure that both sides understand that how, how do I say this without sounding crass? <laughs> it, it's okay, Michelle. Here, here's where we're going as a company. It feels to me based on what you're saying that, that you're not on board yet. Yeah. I want to talk about that. And let's just agree right now that if this does, if you don't get on board, we'll help you find a place where you can get on board and we'll do it in a way that is honoring because this may not be the best fit for you or for us. And that's okay. Right. Let's move forward. I never want anybody to feel that it's a black and white. After this meeting, right. I'm going to get fired and they're the guards to usher yep. you out. Yep. I've been there. That is not fun. Yeah. I want you to be in the best place for you. This might be it, and it might not, and I'm okay right. either way, and I'll help right. you transition to a, to a new position in the company, outside the company, doesn't matter to me. But this is where we are going. Let's talk about your concerns, your feedback, and then have then go back to listening because, you know, it might be Michelle has something to say that I could learn from. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant because so often – when people aren't working out in the company and it's free. It's free. It takes some time, but it's and that's free. why we don't like to do it, but it is exactly. free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Michael, what has been the biggest takeaway you have been given from someone in, in whether it's been in your personal or your business, that person's yeah. message or, or gift that stays with you? It's be yourself. It came to me, it's the same advice I give to everybody else. And here's the the background. I didn't do video very much early in my business career because I didn't, I don't have a great studio to have perfect lighting. And I, and I wasn't, I wasn't showing up like I thought my audience wanted me to show up. Right. And so I didn't do video. 
And then I finally went, forget about that. I'm just going to be Michael and I'm going to show up like me. I'm going to be myself. And if you like me, you're going to resonate with me and let's have a great conversation. Right. If this offends you, then go away because we won't do well together. When I got to like a fly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So when I got to that point, when I, when somebody told me that and I finally got it and I chose to step out and do it, which was kind of scary for me, everything changed Yeah, because now I can just show up and be me. And when one of your listeners hears this and they schedule a call with me and we have a call, guess what? They're going to get me. And, and, And I think that builds a lot of integrity and a lot of trust. And so being yourself wherever you are, however you show up. Right. That's right. This is the pack. This is what you get. That's right. It's better to be you and me be me than us trying to pretend to be somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so refreshing. Right. And a relief. You don't have to be uncomfortable trying to be somebody else. You know, take the mask off. Absolutely. That'd be great. That'd be a great title of a book. Take the mask off. Maybe that'll be mine. Well, Michael, this has been an absolute delight. Um, I just enjoyed our conversation so much. you. You have such lots of little nuggets of wisdom. I wish you and your family well. Um, thank you. I love the the marketing. First of all, let's start with thank goodness you're out of jail. Absolutely. Thank goodness you you know your family is doing well. You have a successful yeah. marriage after the rocky road in the beginning you mentioned. Yes. And you're you're doing great things now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you. I really appreciate you being a guest on the show. So thanks again. Michelle, you are so welcome. It's been an honor. Always fun to talk with you. So um, yeah, let's make sure our paths continue to cross and keep our masks off. Yeah, that's right. Keep the mask off. <laughs> okay, be well. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with a brand new episode of the Heart Inspired Podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Michelle Delgado. And don't forget to lean in, be heard, be inspired. This podcast was created by Heartmetrics Consulting, editing and co-produced by David Castle Productions, and co-distributed by Business Travel 360. For more information about Heartmetrics Consulting, visit us at heartmetrics.com. Music